I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Pro Wrestling Show in association with TalkSport and TalkSport 2. You're listening to the podcast version right yeah. now. How exclusive, special. I prefer the podcast version. I'm just going to let you into a secret. That reason is is that we can say we're at all bar one (laughs) in the O2 recording this, and I'm enjoying a Hawks ginger beer while Will enjoys a lovely pint of Summersby cider. I jokingly asked you to buy me two pints, and you did buy me two mics. Yeah, you've only had one, and we recorded the whole show, Will. Will's just drinking his cider. It's been Um, a cracking couple of days. It has been a lot of fun. Uh, Will's... Will's, uh, I don't know how you survived. Will, Will, My works. wife texted me 45 minutes ago saying, are you on the way home? And I simply texted her back, yes. <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I don't, I don't think she's a subscriber. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you very much to everyone who subscribes to the podcast, um, especially those people who have left us five stars and done a review. If you enjoy the podcast this week, if it's the first one you've listened to, or if you've enjoyed both episodes... Please just go to your podcasting thing, whether it's iTunes or whatever, hit five stars and leave us a review, mainly because it means that more people listen to it. It means we get to do better things and bring you better content. Uh, we've already put out, we had a competition this week, and if you've not checked it out and you didn't get involved, we gave away two tickets for the upcoming WWE UK shows at the O2 in August, where Ronda Rousey is going to be making her UK debut. Yes, the as big we big announcement today that Ronda Rousey will be there. That's which a beer uh, of just being swapped round. Uh, as we discovered while we were here at the O2 Arena, uh, we've given away those tickets already to Jessica on Twitter, one of the entrants, picked out at random, but we're going to have some fantastic competitions coming up on the podcast over the next couple of weeks, including WrestleMania steel we're chairs. We're so excited about these steel chairs. When we were at WrestleMania, we were gutted that we didn't get them, but then we realised, hang on a minute, we've got to get these transatlantic, and that would cost quite a lot of money. So in the end, we we, we weren't that bothered however when we were offered these chairs me and Will I'll be honest we asked for them for ourselves uh, so we think there might be two uh, we're hoping secretly there are four we will so we get one each we will give away at least two chairs that's the point if we that's only get two we chairs promise. we'll give away both of them if we give them four we'll give away two chairs yeah that sounds good to me um, lots happening in the wrestling world this week uh, all in sold out we'll talk about that in the show in just a bit obviously we'll review Smackdown and Raw uh, not too, it's a very WWE heavy show this week so we'll just brush on Smackdown and Raw this week really nice to see some of the UK talent on 205 Live I have to say and uh, a little bit later in the show me and Will chat to Chris Jericho uh, as we are very much uh, big up the fact he's in his kitchen just making a sandwich. Oh, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh, yeah. 
There's quite a lot coming up on the show. Quite a lot. <laughs> we've only done two shows. We've already had some of the biggest people in wrestling. So I think we're doing all right. Here's how you, let's just hope it doesn't go downhill from here. Let's be honest. Here's how you heard the first section of the show on the radio on TalkSport 2. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Show. Well, welcome to a bar just in the foyer area of the O2. That literally can make it only one bar, but we don't want to mention exactly no, which mention name. one bar it is. What we can currently see, other than everyone leaving, is a man who has amassed, I think, about six championship titles. It's an incredibly impressive he's array. Got he's got them all out. He's got them all out. On his so table. People can actually... I don't know why he's doing that, but it's nice that he's got involved. Do you think he charges like uh, like 10 quid a go just yeah. to go and take a picture Perhaps with his belt on? it's Austin Aries. I'm not entirely... <laughs> no, it's not Austin Aries, no. It's just a bloke in a cap. Uh, well, we've got so much to get to in today's show. So earlier uh, on this week, on Monday, so we were recording this on Tuesday night just after SmackDown. And honestly, there are still thousands of people streaming out of the O2 Arena as we're recording the show. And uh, we on Monday, we managed to sit down at the Intercontinental Hotel here uh, on, the, uh, on the wharf and sat down with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for a good half an hour or so. So if you're listening to the radio show version of this, you'll get about 20 minutes or so of that. If you want to hear the full 30-plus minutes, including a sneeze, including (laughs) a phone call that completely interrupted the interview, then that's all going to be on the podcast version. Possibly the best way to ever... Let's say deny a wake-up call in a hotel. If you've ever been in that situation, (laughs) you need to get some inspiration. (laughs) Kevin Owens... Let's just say he only just got out of bed and he wasn't in the best form, but very funny. And then you've got the fact that myself, John Jackson, two of the biggest marks in all of wrestling, uh, managed to speak to our collective favourite wrestler of all time, Chris Jericho, on the phone this week as well. Also, uh, the thing I like the most about it is that when you hear it, you'll, you'll kind of get the vibe that I think he was in his kitchen. It sounded at the start like he was just putting some washing up away. I'm pretty sure he made a sandwich halfway through. There's a point during the interview where... I said to him about the fact that we were watching uh, the uh, Omega Alpha match uh, at 7 in the morning and we had a beer whilst doing so. And he goes, oh, hey, during it. And at the time, I thought he was just going, oh, yeah, British guys having a beer whilst watching me wrestle. Listening to it back, I feel like someone might have walked into his house who he knew and he was just (laughs) greeting them. The postman, (laughs) one of his kids, the dog. (laughs) It could have been literally any of the above. I like the fact that um, when Chris Jericho is not with WWE, it's kind of less corporate and we can just literally Will's got his phone number we can just call Chris Jericho and go hey Chris let's just talk we are going to do our very best to get him on for an extended chat at Bloodstock when he's up there in Derbyshire in August as well or at some point I do want to sit down with him and chat with him much like at some point, we're going to get Becky Lynch in the studio for an hour because she was an absolute delight when we met her at SmackDown Live. Yeah, we spoke to her a little bit earlier. and we, we talked about all kinds of things, including chocolate, uh, tying Ronda Rousey's arms in knots. And, uh, and she, uh, yeah, she's, I mean, she's tweeted. <laughs> Mostly chocolate. Mainly chocolate. She did tweet <laughs> that she would, she would come and do a special for us. So, you know, I think that's legally binding now. So we've got Becky Lynch doing that now, Paige doing that now, a bunch of the UK guys doing that now. Like, they promised us, they made Jericho. a lot of promises. Will did ask Chris Jericho. <laughs> Chris Jericho swerved it massively. It was a masterful piece of swerve-ation? Swerving. Uh, it, well, yeah, genuinely, you'll hear that a little bit later in the show as well. So... Um, in the extended version again of the show on the podcast, you'll hear us talking about SmackDown and Raw in some extended versions and some of the other stuff going on in the world of wrestling right now, plus our chats with Kevin Owen, Sami Zayn and Chris Jericho coming up for you as well. But let's talk a little bit about the action that, uh, that's been happening over the, uh, 
over the last two days right here at the O2 Arena. Um, we've had a wonderful time chatting to a lot of the superstars involved. And if you go to our Twitter page, at Pro Wrestle Show, you'll find some of our conversations with the likes of the SmackDown Live Women's Champion, Carmella, Becky Lynch... Uh, who else did we talk to yesterday? We spoke to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, that <laughs> wasn't a bad one. Uh, we tried to speak to Shinsuke Nakamura, but Shinsuke Nakamura posed for two photos, said, is that it, and walked out, which uh, I think was great. All I, all I basically wanted him to ask is, uh, all I wanted to ask him was whether or not he spoke English, but he wasn't even willing to answer no, that question. No. Because he clearly that. speaks no English. Uh, and uh, who else did we speak to yesterday? Well, we spoke to Matt Hardy, but there's an unfortunate story behind it that... Um, we're so professional we checked the kit so many times before we spoke to Matt Hardy that we accidentally in checking the kit managed to pull the mic out so we have a great video of Will chatting to Matt Hardy which maybe we'll tweet I don't know you won't hear anything <laughs> but there's it, a was, nice... it was a great chat and, and what was great about that chat is that Matt Hardy obviously he returned to the WWE just over a year ago uh, at Wrestlemania incredible pop we interviewed him and Jeff here just over a year ago which in itself was fantastic but what he's managed to do in the course of that year in bringing the Woken universe here to the WWE is fantastic but prior to that he spent a number of years out of the WWE in which time they were Ring of Honor champions in which time they were doing stuff in Japan in which time they did a lot of stuff in the indies and of course we asked him all about All In Cody Rhodes the Young Bucks their huge event that they're putting on in September out in Chicago and he told us he spoke with as he called them the Bucks of Youth uh, and he'd congratulated them spoken to them on the phone the night before and really put over just how important this was to both independent wrestling and the WWE and wrestling in general and honestly when you consider that Dave Meltzer laid down that challenge he made it clear that the Ring of Honor roster had no chance of selling out a 10,000-strong arena, and they did it in 29 minutes and 36 seconds. I think you just have to see how many Bullet Club t-shirts and how many Villain Club t-shirts, and, and just general, look at the merch and see how many of those you see, even at WWE programming. I think we could kind of guess that it was a lot more popular than people were giving it credit for. Half an hour, though, is super impressive. I don't think anyone was really expecting it to be that quick. I actually watched a little bit of the press conference for that, which was a kind of weird press conference, um, because it, it, it was, it, I don't know, there was not really much announced. It, it just ended up being uh, the bear came out before Cody, which was <laughs> uh, which was strange. Hangman Page put someone through a table. I yeah. mean, there was plenty of excitement within the press conference itself. It wasn't. It wasn't like a slick operation. It was. It was very much something that you would see in an independent thing. But I kind of like that they kept it with that vibe and didn't try and go too polished. Um, as soon as you see, by the way, like a, a, is it a lectern, the thing that people stand at if they're yep. doing a presentation? As soon as you see that with two traditional wrestling tables either side, you know that someone is going through one of those tables at some point in that night. And I think that I, I picked up on that fairly quickly. It was kind of weird, though, because they invited the press, which obviously it's a press conference, but also there were fans at the back. Well, they said that there'd be the first 50 fans that showed up at, because they did it at Pro Wrestling Tees, yeah. at the shop that they have there in Chicago, and they said the first 50 fans that show up basically get to get in. And one of the biggest news stories of this last week is the fact that during All In Weekend, CM Punk is going to be doing an hour-long signing at Pro Wrestling Tees, and suddenly the whole of the wrestling world is aflame with this idea that maybe that means CM Punk is coming back. Yeah. And maybe 
mm. you know, just maybe with money in the bank in Chicago, maybe we're going to see him come out. Maybe we're going to hear, you know, a cult of personality is going to hit. He's going to come out and call out Brock Lesnar. Honestly, he's on. Firstly, he's on a UFC. Uh, he's on a UFC card coming up in the not too distant future at all. And I just, honestly, I think he's done with it. I, I love yeah. the idea. If he gets absolutely battered at UFC, posh Two two five. There we go. UFC two two five. If he gets absolutely battered there and thinks to himself, maybe I should go back to the world of professional wrestling. Yeah. Then we'd welcome him back with open arms. But I just can't I, it's see too it happening. Soon. I don't think it's going to happen now. I think he's got a big tie in with pro wrestling tees, hasn't he? Not so it makes sense for him to be there. You know, maybe they got him as a bit of an insurance policy if ticket sales weren't great turns out they did all right you know without having to include him too much obviously i'm sure him being there that weekend has you know got a lot of people interested in going to the weekend very similar to you will when you heard that daniel bryan was going to be at wrestlemania and you booked your flights almost immediately <laughs> that kind of vibe there so you i would imagine cm punk has had something to do with them selling out that quick but i don't think they needed to have him there and i certainly don't think he's going to wrestle I think that's one of the most interesting parts of our conversation that we have with Sammy and Kevin uh, coming up later in the show is that uh, they talk about the fact that despite the fact that there are so many egos in the world of wrestling, despite the fact that these guys spend their whole life trying to get as high on the mania card as possible, as high on the bill as possible, as the moment that Daniel Bryan gets cleared, the fact that this is an eight-month program, the fact that it's been all about Shane and Kevin and Sammy and it's gone all the way through the brilliant heel turn for Sammy at Hell in the Cell, all the way through to now, the moment Daniel Bryan's involved in the match, they all just went fine. Yeah. It's all about him. Let's make it about him. That's the level of respect that Daniel Bryan has garnered from his uh, career today. And obviously, you know, the heartbreaking story of him having to give up. Um, we were meant to... Daniel Bryan fans behind us not actually Daniel Bryan no, just to be very clear just, just the marks we were due to speak with Daniel yeah, Bryan today this is a great story so I'm going to share it on, on the show Daniel Bryan was meant to be coming and doing the red carpet here at the O2 for Smackdown Live and obviously they've been here out in Europe for about a week or so now Smackdown they've been out to Spain they've done a lot of stuff up in Dublin and in, in Ireland and they did a show down in Bournemouth last week so, as we were discussing with them, we had, we had plans. We knew exactly what we were going to ask Daniel Bryan about. We're, like, we're going to get some really good stuff out of this. We're going to put it out on social media. It's going to be brilliant. And then we get, a, uh, <laughs> then we, we get one of the members of the WWE PR who approaches us from a distance and says, yeah, really sorry, Daniel's not going to be doing, uh, not going to be doing the red carpet today. Why, Tom? Why? Because he only owns three suits, and we've made him do three red carpets in a row, and now all of his suits are ruined. So, sorry, he just can't do it anymore. Can't he wear? Is, is he like those rappers that only buy socks to wear them once? Like, could he not just bang? Is that a thing? Can he, yeah, yeah, like Fiddy or, or one of those guys. Fiddy, yeah, on cribs. I remember it from like 1998, and they were like, "Oh no, well, you know, here's my 600 pairs of socks. I only wear them once, then I bin them." Or maybe Daniel Bryan's like that with suits. I don't think he is. He's a very resourceful man. You've, honest to God, never sounded so white in your entire if life. If you've watched Total Divas or Total Bellas, you'll know that he is the exact opposite of John Cena. John Cena, who, who once went and bought... I think Nikki Bella said, John, where have you been? And I think he bought about 40 suits. And I think she thought he was joking. John Cena was not joking. Did, didn't he buy 40 suits in one go at yeah, one point? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's an actual thing that John happened. Cena owns like 300 suits. It's like, a, it's like he collects suits. We're not going to actually end up talking about SmackDown or Raw at this point. We should probably mention the fact that on SmackDown, as you will have seen at this point, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, had basically the best match so far of that feud heading into. And you'll have seen the ending at this point, and you can debate how that went over with you. I think it was 
the perfect way to end that match going into the Money in the Bank match and we'll hear about what the stipulation will be next week other than that the wrestling over the last few days has been good but not amazing particularly and I think you know you'll hear a lot more in-depth analysis of Raw and and Smackdown over over the coming weeks and over the coming months and you'll speak you'll hear from other podcasts and and it's probably not even worth us talking about considering we've got Kevin Owens Sami Zayn and, and Chris Jericho All right, let's as well just quick, to talk quickly about brush over some highlights of Raw and SmackDown, okay. right? Uh, okay. We'll start with SmackDown, just because we've just come out of SmackDown. Um, I, well, not SmackDown exactly, but 205 Live. I really like seeing Flash Morgan Webster. You may have seen a lot of indie promotions coming out. Uh, we had James have, have Drake coming there. out. We had Tyler Bate coming out. We had Kenny Williams from ICW as well. Good to see some of the British guys getting over. Raw? I mean... <sighs> Raw was an interesting one last night because it went on for way too long. But Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens essentially had a match that if it was on a pay-per-view, you'd be a big fan of it. The fact that if you enjoyed it as much as we did for a TV match, and actually I watched it back on TV during the radio show on TalkSport last night, it was a high-quality TV match and a match that you could have said that on a pay-per-view it would still be one of the highlights I'd happily see those two run a long programme and do something really interesting with it but what I really enjoy and we spoke to Seth Rollins about this him as the fighting champion think about the triple threat match think about the ladder match now you think about his matches with The Miz you think about this match now with Kevin Owens he is just putting out quality left, right and centre while with the Universal Championship we've not seen the champion for four weeks now like no it's like he's almost been forgotten it's like they've made that that title the main event really isn't it um, something that I quickly going back to Smackdown I totally forgot to mention weirdly tonight we didn't see at least on Smackdown The Miz we didn't see Jeff Hardy we didn't see Rusev in the actual building we saw a video but I still enjoyed it most of the big names not there um, I thought Paige got a good pop being back in in Britain um, in her new role and she certainly worked the crowd Carmella did an amazing promo just before that so you know I think Smackdown Live was actually probably my favourite of the two the last two that I've seen yeah. this week I think I'm, I'm getting to the point now where if it's not a pay-per-view I enjoy our show more than I enjoy the pay-per-view because you just get some pure wrestling and it's really good fun it is nice to see. And um, one of the things that you'll get if you ever come to a, a live event, especially with WWE, if you're a geek in any way about how they put a show together, it's really interesting to see behind the scenes, kind of. You can see all the producers. You know, when uh, when Braun Strowman's trophy came out, that was wheeled out on like an old oh, totally shopping trolley that. type we thing. totally forgot about that. Finn Balor and Braun Strowman not only had a brilliant match with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, but JoJo nearly died last night. Like, genuinely, legitimately, when Braun Strowman ploughed into Drew McIntyre and he knocked over that trophy, I feared for Jojo's life I thought that was meant to go over but looking back at it I think his leg like clipped it and that thing fell over and that thing's heavy because Braun Strowman couldn't even pick it up yeah terrifying she honestly terrifying happy. and the referee was uh, was pretty quick to go over there and make sure she was alright but luckily she's alright <laughs> good we, news we think we've not seen her since I'm assuming she's alright uh, we should probably move on and get to our interviews at this point but uh, as always, check us out on Twitter at Pro Wrestle Show. Uh, get on iTunes and rate us there. We have announced our, our winner for the first uh, competition that we've put together. Uh, that has been uh, that's been won on Twitter, but we are going to be giving away. I think we can announce this at this point. Yeah, I think we can. If you've ever been to a major pay per view, you'll notice that the people that get the front four or five rows of seats, as part of their amazing VIP deal, they get to a seat to take home with them. It's quite clever because it means that they don't have to pay someone to go around and pick up the seats. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you can win a WrestleMania chair. At Pro WrestleMania. <laughs> WrestleMania steel chair. We don't condone doing anything bad with it. <laughs> Sit on it. 
Just sit on the chair. Um, I saw a man. This and then no, no. This is why this is a great prize. I saw a man at New Orleans Airport checking one of those chairs into the hold, and it cost him a fortune. They had to wrap it in bubble wrap. He had to gaffer tape it up. It was a pain in the bum. You don't have to do that because we've got two, good or one, and we got we've got possibly maybe one, two. maybe two. <laughs> don't quote me on that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter so you know when you can win that. Pro uh, Wrestle Show on Twitter. Let's now hear our conversation with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Now, if you listened to the radio show version of this, it was split up, it was cut down, it was all minimalised. Right here, we're going to give you half an hour of just pure audio. And this is not only going to include our brilliant conversation, you're going to hear a sneeze. You're going to hear not one but two phone calls to the hotel suite because I'm not editing any of you out because I can't be bothered. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Show, where we give you the full length on the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join us, for getting up and uh, greeting us on this fine day. How's uh, how's Europe been treating you so far? Uh, I mean, Europe uh, itself has been fine, but you know these tours are never uh, never the easiest thing for anybody. It's, it's a lot of a lot of traveling, a lot of wrestling back to back and stuff. Like for myself personally, I uh, I barely sleep on these tours, so. Uh, that's probably the hardest part for me, but uh, you know, it's just part of the part of what we do. I mean, is there any getting used to the kind of the way that it is when you're with the WWE versus the kind of independents driving nine, ten hours to shows? You always hear these road stories, and then you're suddenly flying from Spain to London to. Well, so for for me personally, uh, we have different point of views when it comes to travel. I think, and so uh, for me, I get very excited, and I like to go out and see things and do things and, and everything like that. And so, WWE schedule is not exactly uh, conducive conducive to that sort of thing. <laughs> and so, just for example, the last two days we were we had back to back shows and just really brutal travel with. Uh, in Spain, and I love Spain. It's one of my favorite countries to visit. And uh, you know, back in the independence, if I was going to Spain, I tell the promoter, "Yeah, keep keep me out there for like four or five days. You know, <laughs> pay me a little less, keep my hotel for a week. Like, let you know, I want to see things, I want to experience things, I want to eat the food, immerse myself in the culture, and all that stuff. And uh, well, you just can't do that here. So I had like sixty minutes. If we that, saw, we, we saw you. Your Instagram was yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. around, yeah, that's right. Oh, I screamed in my yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get it all sorted out afterwards. Ah, just went right in my ear. We're going to turn Kevin's right now. If he needs to just take a nap in the corner, Sorry, it's all nice. good, man. It's, uh, Anywho, yeah, you know, I just, I really enjoy that stuff, and WWE's schedule is, uh, doesn't help, so, you know, you make an effort, but you have to sacrifice something, so, uh, you know, I haven't really been eating very well. I haven't been working out. So these tours are hard in some way because I prioritize, which probably isn't the best thing to do, but I do prioritize, like, maybe it's for my sanity to go out and see things in the little time I have. I mean, you guys are in Liverpool on Wednesday, and I heard you on are Jericho's we? podcast the other day. Uh, no, that's are you not guys? Oh, is it SmackDown? No. I was going to say, you've got a chance to go out on the, uh, I, on the I Beatles tour. I find out where we are and... when we get to the place that morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have he, no idea. he doesn't look ahead. I have no idea where we're going. There must be times when you've woken up and been like... We are we, every... in Geneva, maybe? But yeah, every week, I oh, mean, we'll go through... We'll go through customs, and they'll ask where where'd you come from, and we just don't have the answer. A blank stare. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've seen a guy do that. But that way, please. That, that was because he's drunk so much he didn't remember where he got on his plane. Yeah, it's different thing. Slightly, yeah. slightly we, different. We work it's very a different hard. kind of yeah. drunk. You, told, yeah. you said you wouldn't tell that story on the drunk, show, mate. Yeah, so right here. <laughs> Apologies. Drunk, uh, drunk on work. <laughs> what, what was it like being back in Canada and wrestling in Canada? Now you guys are, are working back together again. 
Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, my, I know my for Kev, first obviously. time TV in Montreal for Kev. Yeah, you know, it's always special when you're in front of the hometown crowd and stuff. They always, and Montreal, I, I don't think, uh, you know, every time we go anywhere in the U.S. or, uh, you know, the world and they'll see the hometown guys, uh, you know, it's always a good reception. But I think Montreal's special in the sense that uh, it took so long. Like this only... <laughs> oh my <Wow>. god <laughs> that's a receipt that's a receipt I insist you guys keep that in this better stay in I'm staying in to it without uh, you wanted to yell in the thing earlier, that's the big money that's the it. big money uh, I think shook well yeah you should have heard yourself when you yelled earlier <laughs> anyway mine was slightly pe- peaked slightly in volume this is uh, uh, any neither in the earlier Finish your story. So uh, it's always special when you go to the hometown and, uh, you know, the reception is always great. But Montreal is different because it takes so long for guys from that area to get to WWE. Like it happened a handful of times over the last 30, 40 years. And it's never quite happened the way it happened for us. Yeah. Which is two guys from the independents who like really, you know, started there. A lot of those and people dug saw from the bottom of there. Up, yeah. yeah, they saw us literally grow up, you know, they... Those fans know us from when we were 18 years old and to now and followed our journey. So maybe that does account for it, uh, for what Kevin's saying. And this might sound arrogant, <laughs> but I, I do find it is a little disproportionate and I don't know the reasons, but maybe what Kevin just said, our hometown reception is disproportionate, I feel like, to other hometown receptions uh, that other guys get in their towns. And I'm not saying that's because of us. I don't know the exact reason, but one of those reasons could be what Kevin just addressed, the fact that they a lot of these fans did watch us grow up. But for what it's worth, those fans that night in Montreal and I guess the next night as well for SmackDown, uh, you know, I was, I was traveling, so I didn't get to see it. But uh, they... Of course, they had a. We got a great reception. Yeah, but they were they're amazing jazzed for everyone. Oh, it was yeah, yeah, crazy. And, like, they were Did it come off on TV as well? Massively oh, so. Yeah. They were the great kind of excited. They were the great like. There was no beach ball. There was no. There was awesome. Right, yeah, they were here to yes, yes. all the way. Regardless, even that, like regardless of that, they were into every single match. They gave everybody. They made everybody. They acted like everyone was special. Uh, it was a dream crowd, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess it's a bit. There's a bit of pride there for us, for sure. And I think an, another crowd. part of and that. Everybody on the roster loved it. You know, everybody's yeah. like, "Man, Montreal's awesome." Yeah, yeah. Versus when I usually bring them to Montreal, I'm so excited that oh, the guys are coming to Montreal. Wait till they see my city, and they all hate it. They all hate it because <laughs> why? And, and Montreal's well, here, an amazing. City. Here's why, and I'll I'll explain this. Okay, so. Um, when you travel with WWE, your experience in any town is sort of relative. Uh, how you feel about any town is relative to your experience in that town. And so, you know, if you come in somewhere, you know, these guys are used to, you just want convenience. Okay. So if you have to fly in and all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you have to go through customs and now your phone is on roaming and your, your bank card, you know, the currency is different and the language is different and there's traffic everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not, uh, if they came to visit with their families, I'm sure they'd love Montreal. It's a very special place. But when you come for like an afternoon house show, you know what I mean? And you just flew in and you're going through all these hoops on a Friday with the traffic that's in that city and the construction, everything. It's a nightmare. So the work experience is unpleasant. So they end up saying like, oh, God, Montreal. Oh, no, yeah, no. no. Nightmare. Let's not do it again. So this is the one time it was actually great to have, because they got a great experience out of Montreal. I felt a lot of, uh, I don't know, like, a, what is that I, I, feeling? When you're I, I'm kind of intrigued because you guys. Pride. <laughs> when, when, surely it's pride. I was yes. gleeful. Uh, gleeful's good. Yeah. Uh, you guys came out to an incredible reception when you came out during the, the opening promo and, and 
it's really interesting to me that, you know, Kevin, you've been working the kind of heel side of WWE for a while now, but Sammy, you've just kind of really got into that road. We've really enjoyed the way you've embraced it. But when you've been working so hard on that element of your, of your character and putting that out on TV and really getting heat for it, and then you're suddenly in front of a crowd who are giving you as much love as you were getting, is that a bit of a kind of weird juxtaposition to, to know how to then handle how uh, you're reacting to it? I mean, I feel like the best part of wrestling is when it's organic and not put on. So if we go to cities where they want to boo us, that's fine. But if they go to, we go to cities where they want to cheer us, I don't think we should fight against that because, I don't know, it's counterproductive. I think people just want to go there, have a good time, and, you know, cheer who they want to cheer. Uh, you know, as long as they're into the show and they're being, uh, you know, they're being, uh, I don't know, you know, the the, the uh, as long as they're loud and, and ma- making noise, I think that, to me, that's always the way I've seen it is just let them, you know, let them be the way they want. You know, there's, a, of course, a difference. Every crowd can get a little... Uh, you know that it's happened over the last few years. Everybody, like some crowds, just get very obnoxious, and they get they it's go when from they being, do it from their own entertainment. Yeah, they go from being feeling. they go from being great to being terrible in a matter of minutes. Sometimes, yeah, uh, that didn't happen in Montreal. They were just right into everybody, and uh, you know maybe they were cheering some guys that normally wouldn't get cheered and booing some guys that normally wouldn't get booed. But uh, like nobody can deny that it didn't make for a, a really great night. Even people watching at home get enjoyment out of it because you know. It's it, it's it's infectious. It's it's mm-hmm. contagious. It's uh, another synonym for that word that I just used. And <laughs> you know, it's, it's just cool to share that, even when you're watching from home, wherever you might be. So uh, I think just letting letting things go the way they are and not trying to turn them and not trying to have us be like, oh no, we actually don't like Montreal. Boo! Yeah. Outrage. You know, it's way better than just uh, just using what's at your dispo- like disposal by by just seeing other crowd reacts and going along with it's the way to go. In terms of crowds, you, when you come to the UK, can you tell is is there a slightly different vibe with the UK to the states and Canada? Is it can you come out and go, yeah, this is a UK crowd if you didn't know where you were? I I I, I would say most times probably, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's what the case everywhere we go, but uh, you know, like uh, in London, are you talking I, TV or are you talking like the live events? Any live? Yeah, I mean everywhere. I think live events. Um, I, I don't know. I mean live events. I, I'd say it could be pretty. We 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 could probably expect them to be a lot like the U.S. crowds, but like London. They're, no, they're TV. usually a bit. I do feel like they're louder. No, I'm not saying maybe not louder, but like they'll probably react alongside. Oh, oh yes, along along crowd the in Kansas lines. City would yes, react yes, too. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but you know. Uh, London, you know, TVs in London. I, I feel it's almost the same kind of situation as as Montreal or anything wherever kind of, those yeah. uh, kooky towns that, that, that react. They're just there to have yeah. fun. So yeah. whatever they're going to do is what they're going to do. You, you don't have to be nice just because you're sat here. By the way, you can say no, not at all. It's, no, uh, it's rubbish. Me being nice is never an obligation. <laughs> 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 well, I, 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 I'm on the verge of saying something that might upset some of these London fans, but I'm not, I'm not sure I'm, if I'm, I'm thrilled already. I'm not, uh, I, I can't wait. I'm not I'm sure. If I'm, I'm not seat, sure if I even really of. believe this, but so. I think one good town, one good example of a town that you're kind of talking about where it's like they're reputed for being a good crowd, but then they find out that they have that reputation and then they think that they're, they're, uh, you know, part of the show in a sense. And they always are a part of the show. They actually kind of dictate the show. But then once they realize they have that power, uh, then they, they almost, it's almost like an act. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? They withhold, they can withhold their cheers or or no, it's like they're they're just trying to do it for themselves to oh, show, okay. look how funny we are, look yeah. how much fun we have, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Uh, 
That's and that's again going back to Montreal. What made it different is they weren't there to like uh, show the, like Montreal fans or the cool fans. They were just cool fans. Yeah. But when you know that you're like, oh, when Raw comes to Brooklyn, you're going to get some beach balls. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Chicago. You're talking about no, that kind of time. Chicago. No, I disagree. Chicago. I think Chicago, oh, really? Chicago's just straight up enjoy. They just enjoy, enjoy it. Awesome. But it's okay. So like the night after WrestleMania. And because WWE's also... Uh, we did our first Raw after WrestleMania this year. Actually, this year I thought was... I thought they were pretty good. This, this was the, the year where Very I thought good. they were the most... Because uh, we were there. Into it, yeah. <laughs> Is that the difference? <laughs> it was the little, little corner there with little, there, yeah. little pins popping the beach balls as they came to you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. My thoughts aren't very clear on this subject, but but I think you know what I mean. When when fans are aware that they're kind of being the cool, cheeky fans, and it almost becomes less about... What city were you going to piss off just now, though? Oh, London. London. I feel like London knows that they're a cool, raw city. Yeah. They know like, oh, Rosin, we're going to show them what we got tonight. It's a hipster yeah. time. But, but not, but not, I don't know. Forget it. Forget I said anything. Do you want a ladder or a shovel? Just delete the point. last 10 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least you did the sleazy radio announcer guy earlier. It was good. What, what, what voice is that? I don't know. Whatever voice you made, just. Sleazy uh, radio it announcer. It sounded really strange. Like a radio DJ. It's too oh, radio. It's coming that. to London. Right. It's coming to London. It's <laughs> too radio DJ setup. So you Let's do voiceover work. We're got. incredibly offended. <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. For, for people who maybe only came to you guys when Kevin debuted in AXT and, and uh, you know you had that fantastic moment where he came and, and power bombed you and, and I've only seen your development over those three or four years just tell us a little bit about how you guys first came together and, and what now means to be working together at this point you go ah alright I don't know how deep do you want to go here we can go as deep as you like we, yeah I mean we can go to the first meeting we, we can met, tell how you came together as a tag team we met like, first okay uh, December 2002 right so he was Injured. I was in my first year of wrestling, uh, and I a couple. Of, so he wrestled for Jacques Rougeau, and Jacques Rougeau. This is a whole thing too. He he had his students, and he wouldn't let them wrestle anywhere else. So they weren't part of the Quebec Indies. So Kevin had actually been wrestling for a couple of years, but had only done maybe six shows at that point, seven yeah, shows maybe. Like for two two, having wrestled two three years, he only got six shows under his belt. He's injured at this time, but a couple of guys, you know, who are kind of like Kevin in the sense that they love wrestling. They that's not enough for them. They leave. Beef Wellington, Kid Kamikaze. They leave, and they join the independents, and I meet them, and we, we hit it off right away. And so I've heard about him. I hear a lot about this Kevin Steen. Kevin Steen, who is this guy? And then finally, so they had kind of talked him up a little bit, so we finally met, and he had seen, he had seen my work on the independents a little bit. And so we finally met, and we kind of hit it off right away. And then, you know, I think at that point, he kind of followed what Beef and Kid Kamikaze and, you know, because he loved wrestling so much, he, he couldn't be contained to wrestling once every four or five months. So he he wanted to get out there. So he started joining us on the independents. And uh, really, from the time we had our first match together, which was a three way match with Pierre Carl Wallette, uh, who's I'm now. Sure that's not incorrect. Oh, if you technically count the 10 man match. That's a five. Oh, we had a five way MWF. That was first? Yep. In St. Jean? Yep. All right. Anywho, from the day from <laughs> the day we started wrestling, it's like people wanted to see us wrestle each other mm-hmm. uh, because we were two guys who were kind of making our name in Quebec as two of the better guys in Quebec, and that's not really saying much about <laughs> us at the time, so much as it is about saying the quality of wrestling in the scene in Quebec at the time. Um, 
And so from day one, for whatever reason, people wanted to see us together in matches with each other. Uh, and it's kind of been the same for the last 15 years. It's really uh, bizarre. I think it, for me, uh, like somebody who did follow the Indies and loved that you immediately came together when you turned up at, at NXT, it kind of built to that match at Battleground, which on a night when we had the Shield triple threat, which was what all the focus was on, you guys come in, just steal the show. It's a match of the year kind of candidate. Uh, what's it like when you're going into like a pay-per-view like that? You guys have worked together for 14 years at that point. Can you just go in and call the match in the ring and put it all together and know that it's going to be great? Or you know, are you still putting in together like a huge level of planning into that knowing? Um, I mean, we're going to keep the intricacies of our <laughs> work to ourselves here. But uh, obviously when you've been wrestling somebody for 15 years, uh, you know, a match coming together is a lot easier than when you've never met before. And or some guys you have instant chemistry with, which might have been our, the case for us as well. But um, however, yeah, there, there is a different kind of pressure to like, how are we going to top ourselves? Yeah, because we've had some good ones over yeah, the years. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, even th- that year, like we had, like you said, we had the NXT stuff. But then when we we got the match at Payback, which was, right. I think was pretty great. And then uh, we thought that was our best match when we came back. And then we did Battleground, and, and then that uh, was I our think, best match. Well, well, I, out of that one, well, I really good. loved. Sorry, I was just saying what I loved about Battleground was you had the the spot where you you landed on your injured shoulder. I don't know whether that was a thing or not, but working that into the match and having. Kevin work on the arm and it just the story built so beautifully that it kind of well, it all came together you. right in the moment yeah thanks um, I guess that's the thing that's surprising to me is after all these years I really do feel like we've exhausted it uh, but we somehow uh, just keep topping ourselves man <laughs> <laughs> Good look at these guys. like we thought our best match was uh, in Orpington right in 2006, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, that's as good as it's going to get. I mean, we have- ten years later. Still I mean, there. we're continually topping it. It was. It's pretty. It's pretty impressive. That's the that's the right way around. If you if you felt like you were, <laughs> we saw how great we are for a minute. I mean. Wow. It's basking. <laughs> yeah. I get the impression Kevin's a guy who likes to talk about how great he is. I'm adequate. No, no, I'm, I'm just kidding around. But but honestly, it does yeah. surprise me that uh, n- not only the fact that we've, we continue to have pretty good matches in my book, but also that fans are still drawn to seeing us together either now as friends or as enemies maybe a little less so towards the end there because we were doing it so much on Raw which I was you know because they know they can always kind of go to that in a pinch because <laughs> it's a built in story like what do we do uh, throw Sammy and Kevin together so <laughs> yeah. um, outside of that I think fans have always still they're still drawn to whatever it is we've got I don't and know you obviously work with each other and against each other famously and you know one or the other do you guys legitimately have like a favorite being you know being enemies or being friends or is it just getting to work with someone that you're so close with that's just what it's all about well we've never done what we're doing now never we've never been uh, a team with both of us talking like this and playing off our real life chemistry or real life, uh, you know, the way, the way we talk in real life, kind of step over each other and like add to each other's points and, and just being kind of jerks right now. Cause we're, you know, we're doing our act, but we've never done it. So even this is new, even despite the fact that we've been working together for 15 years now, uh, it's still new. What we're doing now, we've never done before. So it's still, there's still new cool things that we can do. Uh, 
I forgot your question. <laughs> Wish do you, you like being Yeah, it's still fun. fun. <laughs> do I love being amazing? Or going against is each that, other. Is that what you said? No. Uh, uh, what did you say? You should listen to the end of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, Trill, was, you're very mumbly this morning. <laughs> I, he just woke up, to be fair. Kevin, I wonder, what has WWE meant for you in these last three or four years versus those, those years with Ring of Honor, working through the indies? and Because... I think back to from debut up to like something like the Festival of Friendship, which people talk about as being one of the great angles of, of modern WWE. What, what's been the difference for you over that time? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, when, I, when, when, when uh, my, team on, my, my time on the Indies came to an end, I, I think it was about time for it to come to an end. I was pretty ready to just be done with that's part of my career and uh i always wanted to end up in wwe that was always the ultimate goal so uh you know obviously the last few years have been um uh, you know they've been incredible in the sense that not only did i make it to wwe i kind of caught up on lost time in a way because it took me 15 years to get here but uh in the last four years three years i've pretty much i don't know i i fast track through landmarks and moments that you know a lot of people work you know, 10 years in WWE to get to and stuff like that. So uh, it's been a pretty incredible ride uh, from, you know, everybody I worked with to just things I've seen, the places I've been, and, you know, the the stories uh, that we've been able to tell and, and the moments we've created. Just, uh, I mean, it's exactly like what I expected WWE to be in a way, but also at the same time I had no idea what to expect. So it's a bit of a boat. It's kind of hard to explain, you know. It's, it's a bit of a... Um, it's 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 both you know sometimes like i've said it makes complete sense for me that i'm here like this is where i belong this is where i i have no doubt i would get to one day but at the same time i can't believe i'm here so it's it's uh it's kind of a funny feeling do you still stay across a lot of the indie scene both of you you know do you still have your favorites do you still manage to catch up with any of the guys that you would know so well that um i mean i can't i keep i i i keep I stay aware of it through Twitter mostly, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I follow lots of fans because I enjoy seeing, uh, or I used to anyway. I don't follow anybody anymore. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I keep track, and I, I'm actually friends with a couple of fans now. Like throughout the my years on the Indies, I, I became personally like acquainted with some of these fans, and and I I, I, I still talk to them. And you know, those guys still go to indie shows, and I, I kind of keep. Uh, keep track of what's going on through them and through you know through twitter and stuff like that just uh, what promotions are doing well what you know which guys are making noise and stuff like that and I, I think i just do that for my own i don't know my own uh satisfaction just kind of or my own int- I, you know it, i'm interested i really don't have the chance to see any shows though i don't have time to watch shows from beginning to end or anything like that it's uh and i also kind of don't want to because i feel like uh when people watch wrestling too much and he i know he agrees with this i feel like uh they end up almost uh, i'm gonna use the word stealing but it's not what it is you know it's heavily influenced by what they watch yeah so i don't know how many people um i see uh here or on the indies that are doing stuff that other people are doing do you, do you still get so, you've talked about before getting to the nxt shows now that you live in orlando do you still get to go and see any of those no tapings i mean or? i i really only uh you know like i've been to an nxt tv once or twice uh just to go check it out but uh i really as much as i enjoy going there uh you know i uh 
you know, I, I, I'm on the road all the time and I have my wife and children at home. So when I'm home, I like to be home with them. Um, but you know, whenever, uh, like I came to Florida without them, uh, once to set up, you know, when we were moving to set up our apartment and stuff like that. And that night there was an NXT show. So I had all it, every intention of going because you know I, I can't be with my kids and my wife anyway I'm, I'm here without them so why wouldn't I go and check out the show and it didn't work out but I do have that uh, that mindset especially when it comes to NXT I mean I, I, I NXT I really obviously is the future of what we're going to be doing here so there's a whole, bu- whole bunch of guys in NXT down there now that uh, I'm sure in you know, three years I'll be working with. So I do like to try to keep an eye on what's going on there, especially. And, uh, uh, you know, if I can go there live and, and see who I'm going to be dealing with in a few years and see how they're progressing. And, uh, part of it is also just being able to be around that, 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 that atmosphere, the environment, because NXT, I was there for six months. Right. But it was so, man, it's a time I'll look back on very fondly forever. Cause you know, getting to work with triple H, getting to work with all the producers there, the trainers, uh, you know, Terry Taylor was instrumental in, you know, uh, helping me get ready for, for, for that main ro- main roster move once it happened. And, uh, you know, just those guys getting to, you know, just getting to see them. Like Robbie Brookside, I, I see once in a blue moon, and it's it's so great to to see him. So just going back to NXT is always pretty special. It's always something I try to do as much as I can, even with the busy schedule. It's a kind of fascinating time for wrestling. We cover on our show, not just the WWE, but a lot of the UK indie scene, make sure that we do get onto the, the New Japan, the Ring of Honor stuff as well. And, you know, we've got promotions here. ICW up in Scotland, they sell out the Hydro, which is, you know, where WWE sell out. Uh, the biggest promotion down here in London Progress are, are doing Wembley later this year, which is the biggest UK indie show in 30 years. And then you see something like All In, which was announced yesterday and sells out in half an hour. I mean, there's guys who came up through that, that scene and, and that's got to be like a, a bit of pride that not only have you managed to break into the WWE, but you see how, how strong wrestling is kind of across the board at the moment. Yeah, it's been going strong for a couple of years. I mean, I remember towards the end of my, my run on the independence, it seems like everything was looking up for almost everywhere. Like, I remember doing show in Cleveland, and then it was a double shot for me, like one show in Cleveland, one show in, in Chicago for two companies I'd never done before, uh, AIW and AAW, and both places sold out for that show. And I'm not saying it was me, but I'm sure me being there helped. But then AIW. Sammy would claim oh. it was him, but that's fine. Well, no, I was, I was, I was long since gone. Come on. Uh, what, His what, what's a sellout? I don't know, man. Like a few hundred? 500? 500, yeah. But well, like, that's good. I mean, so AIW, uh, specifically, I'm still friends with the promoters to this day, and I talked to John Thorne, who's, uh, you know, who's the promoter, and he, like, he'll always credit me for kickstarting their most successful run, because since then... They've had great crowds, and you know, besides maybe the odd show here and there that didn't draw so good, they've had like a a, a, a consistent crowd, uh, you know, of several hundred people, and their business uh, has been doing really well. And I remember that, like that being the turning point. Like, man, all these independent companies are starting to do pretty great, and even Quebec City. Like, I wrestle for this one company in Quebec City, and sometimes we'd have a hundred people then 150 and 200 and it took months and months but now they sell out every single show right and they used to do it by bringing people outside talent in all the time and now they don't do that they don't have to do it anymore their local talent is what people come to see so that's pretty great to see and like you said all these companies are doing so well it's uh yeah there's i mean wrestling's probably doing better than it has in a long time certainly in the uk well, on, it's something we're on seeing on in the independent UK. level for sure i mean when i 
And when you were doing, when we were doing independence in in, in England, that the, the hot promotions were drawing like three hundred people. That was a good show. You know what I mean? Uh, Progress sells well, out seven hundred every month. It sells out again Camden and in half an just a few minutes. It's awesome. So I guess I, I I mean I'm proud. Not to say that I had much of a hand in building it, but our generation maybe paved the way a little bit for this generation to to knock it out of the park mm. and, and reap the rewards, not only with regards to fans showing up, but also financially. Like, these guys are making good livings, you know? And uh, it took me a long time being a wrestler to make decent money, you know? And now you can make good money. Yeah. And you don't have to stick it out quite as long. So that, And that's good. That's great for that's great for the scene. That's great for these guys. It's, it's, it's awesome. And they, they can be selective as well. They don't have to just say yes to everything because they've got to put, you know, get money in the bank. They can go well, pick and choose, which Sh- sure. must be a nice luxury for them, I would imagine. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can't even... I can't, maybe, it's but. not even that. I just can't put myself in that mindset because when I was on the independence, my attitude was to kind of take everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's stick with independence, and I know we've got to wrap up soon. Obviously, uh, someone else that came through independent was Daniel Bryan, and you most recently been part of that whole storyline with him coming back to wrestling full time. That must have been really special for you guys. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it was just really cool to see. Oh. Hello, <laughs> that's your Sam. Way. Can you get that? That's your... <laughs> Please be somebody who's like. That's your oh. wake up call. <laughs> no, we're good. Nobody's sleeping here. We're doing a podcast. It's pretty awesome. You should check it out. Well, you didn't give him the name. That's all right. It's the pro oh, wrestling show. They'll figure it out. <laughs> there you go. We get interrupted. Daniel yeah, Bryan. But, but, yeah, okay, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Daniel Bryan is uh, so like. If anything, for us, it was just really cool to see him get back to doing what he has been meant to do this whole time. You know what I mean? That's we had hopes when uh, you know the whole thing started that maybe that's the way it was going to go, but obviously we had no. So, like, we had hopes in our heads, but we didn't think it was possible. And it somehow happened. And we had no idea it was going to happen until the afternoon they announced it. Uh, we found out like we everyone else. We found out else. on WWE.com like everyone else. Wow. So, um, and you know, it's and funny then you because we had... Powerbombing onto the hardest part of the ring, so... Well, that was cool, and... Uh, <laughs> He'd just gone on and on and on about how he was cleared as a we just, so we, we, we just thought, imagine we had done that and they hadn't announced he was cleared. Imagine... <laughs> The old school type of heat oh, we could man. have gotten, but whatever, you know, it was all good. But it's just funny that um, the, that WrestleMania match was actually a culmination of a, what, an eight-month story, you know, from Hell in a Cell to that. But the moment they announced Daniel Bryan coming back, okay, <laughs> take your little eight-month story and go somewhere else, okay? This is about, anybody it could have been yeah. anybody. That's, uh, you know, that's... I mean, especially and, it being in New Orleans and everything where he won the title. And I think that would, but like as a professional, not personally speaking here, but professionally speaking, especially WWE, I mean, entertainment, you know, generally people are, everyone's trying to get ahead. Everyone's jostling for position. Uh, it's, it's a cutthroat kind of environment. And yet, you know, everyone's got a little bit of an ego. Everyone kind of wants a good spot in WrestleMania and everything like that. I can say definitely Shane, definitely Kevin, definitely myself. WrestleMania, come on, you know? But with the match becoming about Daniel so quick, not one of us objected. And that's that's a testament to his career and him as a person yeah, and as a professional. People, yeah, I mean... Not one of us was like, oh, man, now, you know, it's not about us anymore. We just... 
We were happy to do it. Yeah, huge. We were happy to do it. And I literally, it was our first mania this year, and I was umming and ahhing over whether to go, because professionally, was I going to get enough work to afford it to pay myself to get there? The moment that was announced, I booked my plane tickets. Oh, there That was go. enough for me. I, the card was already amazing. We that sold was the one thing that pushed ticket. over the edge. So, there you go. You're well, not even us. Daniels. But he had to beat someone up. Guys, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. All right, thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at the full length on the podcast prior to that. At this point, you heard that half an hour ago. I can't handle it even so at this point. Uh, but yeah, brilliant stuff. I particularly enjoyed the stuff at the end there with Sami and Kevin, particularly where Sami was saying about their WrestleMania match. Eight months of build-up. Eight months it took them to work to that match with Shane, with Kevin, with Sami. And yet, the moment that Daniel Bryan gets cleared, even though they've had eight months of build-up, even though wrestling is all about egos, it's all about opportunity, they just allowed it. To, they knew how important that was, and they all took a step back and just said, this is all about Daniel Bryan. The respect that he gets because of that, the career that he's had, just unbelievable. I cannot wait to see what he does over the next two, three years, how long he stays in WWE, whether he does go back to Ring of Honor, whether he does go back to Japan. He's talked about wanting to wrestle in Mexico. The guy is, I think, the best of our generation, and it's brilliant to see him back in the ring. I was really good. We were meant to have a chat with him, but, but due to him not having a suit, which is true, we didn't get to chat to him. I was really interested to attack him from the Total Divas angle. Everyone in wrestling is so happy that he's back. The fans, the superstars, the management... His dog Josie is the one that's missing out here. If you've seen Total Divas, you'll know that he spends a lot of time with Josie. Suddenly, Brian Danielson's he's gone. And he's got he's probably just chilling out with Bree, but then she's got the baby. So oh it's just I just really feel for the dog. We've asked uh, WWK, can we get Brian in studio for a little period of time? And Ronda Rousey around that August tour. Maybe, maybe we'll get some time in studio with her. Do you know what would help this happening? It's if you leave a five-star rating and a review <laughs> on the podcast. So if you've enjoyed this nonsense so far, leave a review. You can say what you like, but make sure you hit five stars. All the higher of up those true. charts we get, the more chance we've got of getting Daniel Bryan in a studio just on our own. All of it's true, right? We spoke to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, uh, particularly about the angle they did with Chris Jericho, the angle of the Festival of Friendship, and what an angle that was. Uh, and, uh, and we got the absolute pleasure of uh, being on the phone for 10 minutes this week with Y2J, 
with the Ayatollah of rock and roller, with Alpha. With, I, I could go on for about 10 All minutes with names. names alone. He doesn't quite have as many names as David Starr, <laughs> but he's getting close. <laughs> he is getting incredibly close. Chris Jericho, who is over here next week for a tour with InsideTheRopes.co.uk, May 21st, 22nd, 23rd. He's in Glasgow, he's in Manchester, he's in London. If you're in Manchester, I'm sorry, your luck has run out. Glasgow and London, there are still standing tickets. So head to insidetheropes.co.uk for more information. We had a chat with him this week on the phone. What a guy. I just... Here's Chris Jericho. I don't know what else to say. Here's Chris Jericho. Absolutely delighted to be joined on the show now. And about 15 months ago, around the time of the Festival of Friendship, me and John don't agree on a lot of things in life. We suddenly had a moment where we both realised around the same time that our favourite wrestler of all time is Y2J Chris Jericho. So when we say it's a delight to have him on the phone on the Pro Wrestling Show, we're not lying about that one. Chris, how are you doing, sir? Not great, man. Always, always good to hear that, man. I appreciate it. So you're heading over here to the UK for this round of dates in a, in a week or so's time. Glasgow, Manchester, London. Guys who are coming to the, the Words of Jericho tour, what can they expect? Well, I mean, it's basically just that. I mean, it's, it's a one-man show of me telling uh, different stories from my whole career. It's something that I've done oh, on and off sporadically for the last five, six years or so. It's been a pretty international show. I think the only place I haven't done it in is in the States. But I've done them in uh, England, I've done them in um, Australia, uh, Canada, and now we're heading over to, to the UK, so I'm really excited about that. And it's a fun show, man. I, mean, I never really know what I'm going to talk about. Um, I've got kind of a, a little kind of a set list of stories that I have that are the classics that are fun to tell. Other ones always come up here and there, depending. But it's just, like I said, it's, 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 a, it's an evening with me telling stories from my ridiculous career. Uh, in wrestling, music, uh, and life, everything in between. So um, it's a lot of laughs. I've had comedians come to the show and say, man, you're funnier than a stand-up comedian. I think just by the, 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 the nature of the stories that I'm telling and, you know, the timing to tell them as far as how to deliver the stories the way that people enjoy hearing them, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's something that I would definitely do more of if I had uh, more time and spaces in my schedule but we've been working on these shows for a while. I did them in Ireland last year uh, with the idea that I'd be coming to the UK this year. And uh, here we are, Glasgow and uh, Manchester and London. So it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Chris, your, your schedule is, is crazy because you've just touched on it there. Between that, between touring at the moment extensively with Fozzie and obviously a bit of wrestling here and there. When is your next? Oh, and your cruise as well, which you've got coming up later this year. When is your next day off? Like three years time, four years time? Yeah, I've got one scheduled for uh, the fall of 2022. I think. <laughs> awesome, um, nice. But, but yeah, no, it's 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 one of those things. Like I'm actually off right now for two weeks, and then once I do the Words of Jericho tour, we've got a Fozzie show that we're doing. Then I've got. Um, a travel channel show that I'm shooting for four days then I go back to Japan for Dominion and then I've got a month off so it comes and goes you know the, the, the cycle um, you know when something gets hot you gotta you gotta you gotta roll with it and I've been fortunate right now that I have a lot of things that, that are hot so um, but definitely have to balance it with, with some good time at home to spend with my kids so that's that's the most important thing as well of course yeah absolutely um i, I can tell you, you you mentioned about things being hot and you mentioned new japan there 
the show with Kenny Ed about 7am here in the UK and uh, honestly was still my match of the year thus far a five star match all over the board we enjoyed it with a beer even though it was at that time in the morning um, hey. <laughs> when, uh, when that happened did you, did you know that the plan was to come back face NATO was Dominion always on the cards then as well no it really wasn't um it's funny too because when you're talking about getting up, I, I, we were on tour with Fozzie. I remember we were in uh, Newcastle, and I was following along uh, the show in Osaka when I first first had that surprise video yeah. there of me challenging Kenny. I think it was back in, in November or so. So I too was up at seven a.m. like seeing what the reactions and what the, with the with the reviews were. I forgot about that. I was in the UK at the time, but um, yeah, that was never a plan. It was just a one-off Tokyo Dome. Um, I thought it was an interesting idea of Omega versus Jericho, two guys who had similar career paths, similar beginnings, both came from Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba, Canada. And to me, it was a very much a um, Mayweather versus McGregor type of, a, of an atmosphere where you had two guys that nobody ever expected would be in the same ring together. Suddenly we are. So that was what kind of intrigued me about it. Um, that's why I enjoyed the idea of it. And then when we did it, it was such a huge success. I mean, it made literally millions of dollars for, for New Japan Pro Wrestling between the additional tickets sold and, and the, you know, the streaming service and all that other stuff. And when I was there, I was, I'm, I'm really enjoying this, you know, the whole atmosphere of it and kind of playing this unhinged character, which was never planned. It just happened, um, which is the way most of the stuff and things happen for me. You know, you just go and do it and, and, and whatever happens, happens. So I came up with the idea kind of halfway through, um, uh, the, the the last kind of um, dates before the actual show, saying well, we should continue this. You know, I, I was thinking maybe doing something with Okada or maybe Tanahashi, and then it was suggested Naito, and I thought, well, let me attack him in Corican Hall, and then we have the option to come back if we want to, uh, or if not, no big deal. But at least I'm leaving with my heat, you know, old school wrestling term. Mm-hmm. I can lose to Kenny, but beat the shit out of Naito, so it's all right. Um, and that was kind of the idea to, to come back, but it wasn't that cut and dry. You know, there was a certain amount of financial, you know, compensation that I wanted, knowing how much money that I just made for the company. Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of the contention for a while, and, and whether they were going to agree or not agree. And it took months, and then you know we finally wrapped up the deal and made it happen. So it was a uh, it was a long process, but nothing was guaranteed. You know. So it's also a big time commitment for you with this last with this last trip to Japan. I saw on your Instagram that was a twenty four hour travel day. Just you know for what is, although creating massive heat, but a five minute segment that that is commitment to the cause, isn't it? Well, I mean, the week before I traveled another twenty four hours for a three minute stint in a Royal Rumble. So <laughs> that's true. That is true. It's just, you know, it's it's just our job. It's what you do, and and that was one thing that was very important to me that if I'm going to do this. Uh, do these shows with New Japan. Uh, it's not just going to be Jericho shows up and that's it. There has to be an angle before every one. There was before the Kenny match and there was before the Naito match because you have to build it. You have to build the anticipation and obviously this isn't a dome show. Um, and last time there was an incentive for me. The more tickets I sold, you know, I got a piece of that. So I was really beating the bushes to sell as many Tokyo dome tickets as we could. You know, it's different for the uh, Dominion show because it's in the Osaka Joe Arena, which is already sold out. So I don't have to be pounding the pavement, you know, as much as I did before. But, you know, you still have to do an angle to set it up. And, and even though it was a quick angle, it was very uh, memorable. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen the pictures and the screenshots of the kids crying and the, the <laughs> women crying in the audience. I mean, that's, the reaction there. that's something that happened every day, you know. And 
it's something that a lot of people kind of do. Um, you know, it, I have a lot of experience and a lot of ideas, and I like the idea of music. Um, I can kind of create my own ideas, you know, and create my own gimmicks and create my own storylines, and have the um, you know the leeway to do that. Obviously, you don't have that in WWE, and that's fine. I mean, that's that's the way it is. There, that's it's Vince's world. So in New Japan, shots, not so much the case. Well, you're, you're calling the shots quite a lot in your career now, um, obviously with Fozzie as well, which you've done, spent a lot of time in the UK. You obviously just mentioned the tour there. Yeah. Something that we've been itching to ask you, you were part of the last pay-per-view that happened, well, one of the last ones that happened in the UK back in 2001. We've not seen a major pay-per-view in the UK since 2003. I think you could certainly sell a lot of tickets yourself if you were to be part of any pay-per-view that came to the UK. Do you think that's something that's going to happen anytime soon with WWE? I don't know, man. Like I said, that's not my wheelhouse. And, uh, I have no idea. Um, I know that when we used to do those pay-per-views, they were hard because you would come in for, you know, you would leave. I believe we left maybe in the evening and we'd land kind of mid-morning and then you'd go to the arena and you'd see 30 or 40 guys literally sleeping on the floor of the, uh, I remember we were at, um, was it King's Court? Name of the one, Earl, Earl's, Earl's Court, Court. Earl's yeah, Court. yeah, Earl's Court, yeah, yeah, Earl's Court uh, of like the entire dressing room looked like a refugee camp of guys just sleeping <laughs> on the floor, just hench dudes um, kipping, yeah, yeah, and then it, it was just the way it was because it was just it was very tough, and then he'd finish the match and get right back on the plane and fly back home, so it wasn't very enjoyable for the guys. Uh, I'm sure the matches weren't great either because you just don't have. You don't have a lot of jam in your system, man. You know what I mean? It's 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 you know people that were complaining about the Saudi Arabia show. If there was complaints, it's like, dude, we're not robots. You know, we're still traveling twenty hours, and you get a uh, you know a night to sleep, and then you got to go wrestle the next day. It's not easy to do. So those UK only pay per views were never a highlight for me. Um, they might be for the fans, but for, as a person, it's oh, it's hard, right? That's why so, um, that's why you've got to make it a Mania or a Survivor <laughs> Series. Then people can come for the whole week. Well, I think there's a time can problems too. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah, of course. You know, everything runs kind of on Eastern time. So, you know, it, when you have Triple H or Vince on your show, you can ask him uh, <laughs> when they're going to bring we'll, UK pay per views. But for me, I'm just a just a singer on a rock and roll band. I, I'm always the last to know everything. Well, look, man, you mentioned that it's been it's been fun and obviously far too short for us. But you're back in the UK for Bloodstock in August, one of the biggest music stations in the country as part of our family. So if the schedule allows, we'd love to come, love to come and have a chat with you up there at Bloodstock if you've got time. And, and you know, hopefully you have fun over the next couple of months, man. Yeah, man, we, we love Bloodstock. It's, it's a great alternative to download. Uh, you know, we spend a lot of time in the UK. I think we've been there. This will be our third or fourth tour since Judas came out in the UK. It's only one show, but you know, throw that in with the words of Jericho, which I'm excited about as well. I think Manchester sold out in five hours, and I know Glasgow and London, um, they, there's still some general admission seats left, but uh, not many. And it's like I said, it's a fun show. If you got nothing to do on a, whatever night it is that I'm in town, come by and have some laughs and uh, have a yeah boy with me. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Cheers, lads. Thanks. Chris Jericho joining us on uh, Inside the Wrestling. I was going to say, that's that's our show, Will. That's the show he's doing. Inside the Ropestock Hood UK is the show he's doing. We're called the Pro Wrestling Show. Good. I'm glad you're getting on the branding. We are are recording this straight after 205 Live at the O2. We are in all bar one. Will did ask for two ciders. And I got him two ciders. Allegedly, that was a joke. But we all know, Will, that was not a joke. He's on the second cider now. It just Um, happened. 
Yeah, good. Um, don't forget to keep following us on Twitter. We've got a thousand followers now, which I think in a week is pretty all right. We've At done Pro okay. Wrestle Show. We've, We've done, done okay. okay. Will's suddenly gone modest. Not, not anything that anyone has accused me of at any time in my life or career. But right now, we've done okay. Well done, everyone. I much want to shout out a few people that have tweeted us, having listened to the podcast. Welcome along. Uh, Jack Humphrey, thank you very much for your kind words, Jack. Uh, Matthew Inkster as well, who's gone out of his way to send us a tweet. Um, the most exciting thing that's happened on our Twitter this week is during 205 Live, about an hour ago, Will boshed me on the shoulder just as I was enjoying Flash Morgan Webster doing his thing for the first time in a WWE ring, at least on TV, uh, to, to let me know that we'd been followed by an indie wrestler who goes by the name... Madman Buttocks. Madman Buttocks. His, <laughs> this if is, Madman is listening... <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Here's his bio... Average man, two fists. I no, don't even know what that means. It doesn't mention the buttocks. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Do you reckon he did, an on, reckon he did like on an online name generator <laughs> and just got madman buttocks and went, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll roll with that. I'm all in. I can build a gimmick around that. I am all in. Quite I'd literally. love to know what he wears in the ring. Hashtag all in. If you're uh, listening to this now and you're interested, uh, you're equally intrigued to know about Madman Buttocks, please just tweet us the word Buttocks at Pro Wrestle Show. This is the podcast version of the show, as you can probably tell by the Madman Buttocks conversation. One thing we do want to put out there is that coming up this week, you've got a brilliant ICW show coming up on May the 20th uh, up in Manchester at the Ritz. Progress are putting on a fantastic show. We desperately want to give as much attention as possible to the British indie scene and to the international scene as we can on this podcast but there's only so many shows that both me and John can make our way to whilst we're also doing this show yeah. our own radio shows everything else that we do as well I'm not sure our wives and, <laughs> I'm not sure our wives and girlfriends are going to love it if once a week we're like oh no we're just going to Glasgow to see ICW sorry bye see you at the Hydro hours. yeah exactly so what we do want is that if there is anyone out there, tweet us at Pro Wrestle Show. If you're a regular at any of the regional shows, if you can put some reviews up for the website, if you can talk to us for the podcast as well, we'd love to hear from you. Tweet us, tweet me at Will Gav, him at John is at Pro Wrestle Show because we are going to have to we're going to have to get a bit of a network of people together to make this work. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Wrestling is a huge community. We've seen that with all the events we've been to throughout our life, and uh, we want to sort of encapsulate that in this show. So, uh, yeah, at Pro Wrestle Show. And uh, slide into our DMs. Always, always welcome. Are our DMs open? Absolutely. They are now. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened, who's tweeted us, who's got involved at Pro Wrestle Show. Uh, Pro Wrestling Show, you'll find us on iTunes and, and every other good podcatcher. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Pro Wrestling Show. And don't forget, if you're intrigued to see what Madman Buttock wears in the ring, at Pro Wrestle Show, tweet us the word buttocks. Thank you very much. 
ACAST.com.